We are in the swing, the hot days of training camp, and Matt Derrick is here to help us sort it all out. There's a lot going on in the field. Matt covers it all and will help us see what we need to see. We're going to have an interesting discussion about Orlando Brown, who's surviving in the heat, and who do we need to see more from coming up today on Locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We're brought to you today by BetterHelp. I'll tell you more about that coming up. Thanks for checking them out. Thanks for checking us out. It's Locked On, your team every day for free on every platform. Thanks for making us your first listen. There's lots of other shows on Locked On, including the Draft Show, which we're already doing. No, I, I know no one's ready for that. There's already a draft class coming, though, folks. Check it out. I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, RGRfootball.com, and whatever else I come up with this week. He's Matt Derrick, and all he does is actually tell me what I should know because I should know it. You can find him at ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, it's a big week. It's kind of hot out there, huh? Uh, kind of hot, yeah. Uh, I get I get some of the tough people who will say like, oh, hey, it's, 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 it's hotter in Louisiana and Houston and everything. I don't care. We're here in St. Joe, and football is not supposed to be played in 88-degree weather. So at least they, they get these guys practicing in the mornings and everything. But uh, no, these have, these last two days have been the, definitely the hottest days of camp so far. Rufford uh, and even, even the rookie minicamp that was a little bit warm and got to some of the guys. Uh, this, has been the, this has been the test. So there will probably still be a few more hot days, but these last two have been brutal and the players have, have felt it. Well, hey, it's a good hurdle to get over. It's a great combination. Uh, first two days of pads and the hottest days that you've had so far. That is a lot, but they got a little bit of probably a refresher in the fact that they got their left tackle back. We saw Orlando Brown today. How did you think that he looked after the holdout and rushing into camp here to try to get on the field today? Yeah, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised and a little bit impressed about just how much he was able to to get done on Tuesday. Um, the expectation all along was when he, when he came in that there would be a little bit of acclimation period. Um, and there was, I mean, he didn't take part in every, every drill and he did leave practice a, a little bit early, um, all of which was anticipated and expected. Um, but I frankly did a lot more than, than I thought. I mean, he was involved in, uh, you know, at least one team period, uh, was rotated a little bit in and out, uh, went through one-on-one -on -one drills, but went through individual period, uh, went pretty deep into practice. So, and, and didn't seem to have any ill effects. I mean, he spoke to us afterwards in the, in the press tent and uh seemed like old orlando so uh right now i mean i think the signs look pretty good about where orlando is shape wise and what he's able to do so far so on those one-on-ones i was really intrigued i didn't get to see much footage yet but the feet I, i'm all concerned about the feet i know there was the tennis thing and the stuff in the business that's going on to get better were you able to get even uh, the first inkling of how that looked yeah, with Orlando, he did just the one rep. And I'm if, if you're uh, watching watching the video right now, you see me going through my notes. I'm trying to remember <laughs> off the top of my head who he went up against. He went up against the the had the one rep, and it was against it was against Mike Dana. And, and Mike Dana just did two speed moves on him on the outside. And uh, I, I suppose you'd probably give the wins to Brown. I mean, Dana did kind of get around him, but at the same time, Brown kind of pushed his depth a little bit. So he was at least getting to there. Um, it reminded me a lot last year because Orlando was kind of working on the same things. He was working, you know, during training camp on really trying to push the depth of guys who were coming on his outside. And from that standpoint, I mean, I think those were both probably winning reps. I mean, 
Dana did get around him, but like I said, I don't think the quarterback would have been there because he just pushed him deep enough to to get him outside the pocket. So it uh, wasn't completely sharp, but I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I think honestly, I mean, considering it was his first day at camp, first day in pads, everything, uh, there's a lot to like, I think. I, I That's the way I take it too. Like this was what I was hoping for when we knew that the contract wasn't going to happen and there was going to be a hold at like, as long as you're prepared and you're keeping your feet under you and you're able to be quicker than we saw last year and able to make the transition, like you said, for a first day, I think overall that has to be a, a positive indication for what we're going to see in the coming weeks and obviously during the season. Yeah, I mean the night the nightmare tomorrow for the Chiefs would be that, that Orlando comes in um and isn't able to get through a practice, that it's you know physically a little bit too taxing for him, that he looks a little bit overmatched. None of those things were true. I mean, none of those things are the case. So and we talked about it before. I mean, you know, hey, you would prefer that nobody misses camp. You would prefer that everybody gets in on time and they can start working on everything. But this, I mean, if you're gonna come in, this is a decent time to finally get in. I mean, this isn't so late that you seriously feel like Orlando's behind the eight ball. I mean, this is a point where, you know, it's it should not physically, it should not take him too long to catch up speed-wise. It's not like the guys are three weeks ahead of him mm-hmm. and he's trying to catch up from that standpoint. Um, so the Chiefs were, were, were pretty pleased, at least, that Orlando got in this quickly because obviously the fear was that it would be a little bit long before they saw him. I think there's there's more and more to that. As you go forward, it kind of cascades, right? And so the next step now is, okay, if he could take one rep, he should be back in practice tomorrow. He should be running with the ones. It shouldn't be any kind of issue. The question then becomes for me, how did you feel about the twos and, and who stood in for him? I believe it was Roderick Johnson. You tell me if I'm wrong, but does that make him a swing tackle candidate here versus Kennard on playing swing from the other side of the right tackle spot? Yeah, it's interesting. Roderick Johnson did most of the work at at that left tackle spot with Orlando out. Um, There was one day that that, uh, Andrew Wiley did take the majority of the left tackle reps and, and and Roderick worked on the right side. And that could very well have been a little bit of just the, hey, Chiefs like to cross-train guys and like to get him an opportunity. So they may have seen this as an opportunity before Orlando got in to give Andrew a full day at left tackle and that be kind of his, his time there. So now they don't have to mess with, with Orlando or rotate him out or anything. Um, really the interesting question is, yeah, who is involved in that, that battle for the, the, the kind of swing tackle spot. And with you keeping nine or 10 offensive linemen, maybe even two spots mm-hmm. for that position um, right now. I mean, I think you'd have to say Johnson and Kennard are the most likely candidates for that based on what we've seen. Um, Kennard has been getting the exclusive work with the the twos at right tackle um, gets the occasional look at, at left tackle. But I, I, once again, that doesn't seem to be the focus for the chiefs this year. If, if Kennard pushes for any type of playing time, it's going to be on the right side. And, and there's still a long way to go in camp. I mean, you know, Andrew Wiley is, is the, in, the starter right now at that spot. It doesn't mean that he's going to finish camp there. Um, uh, Kennard, I think has looked really good. I know the chiefs have been happy with him. Uh, I had someone t- in the organization tell me they thought that on Monday was Kennard's best day of camp so far. You know, that was mm. the first day in pads. And I th- thought he looked pretty good on, on Tuesday as well, especially in some of the one-on-ones. So those two guys, I think are definitely the front runners right now. If you want any, a, 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 if you want an experienced left tackle to be one of your swing guys, Roderick is probably that guy question to me is going to be, hey, does Jerry and Christian enter this conversation at any point? Because right now, as far as camp goes, he hasn't. I mean, he's been kind of, you know, the, the, the guy on the outside looking in. Okay. Well, that, I like that that positivity moving forward and we can figure out the backups. That's, that's not a concern. There's another guy that I want to talk about in terms of 
first day in pads being a good day for him. We're going to get to Leo Chanel coming up next, folks. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp is online therapy that will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I have been through a lot of things in my life, including a layoff from my big tech job back in the day that actually led to me creating my podcast career. And as this has gone forward, I could have used some help back then. It would have been really beneficial for how I got through that. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide. You can log on to your account anytime and send a message to a therapist, schedule a phone call, or schedule a video session. All those things can be done however you desire in making your therapy conform to what you need. And there are a few tries it might take for you to find what's right for you, but BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself and your future. All you have to do is visit their website and read the testimonies that are posted daily. We have a special offer for all of our listeners right now. Get 10% off your first month over at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off of your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Now, that said, I think we could use some help at the linebacker spot. One guy that's going to do that is Leo Chanel. I think waiting for pads was something he talked about earlier on in camp. And from what I saw, certainly everything that I saw on film at Wisconsin is right there. Coming downhill, playing against the run, looks as good as he did in college from what I've seen. At least one day, how did he look to you today, the second day of pads? Yes, I, I had someone tell me that this was just the, the worst possible couple of you know weeks and months for Leo because he comes to the Chiefs and he comes into OTAs and it's a passing camp. <laughs> and then he gets to the training camp and it's a passing camp until the pads come on. And you just knew Leo was waiting to be able to start hitting some people. Um, and yeah, you know, you we, we've seen it. I mean, nine on seven drills today. Um, that's a run period, you know, that you just saw him blowing through some gaps and, and hitting some people. Um, you see, you absolutely you see it. this guy is a downhill player that has been established since day one and just more reinforced the last couple of days um, with the pads on. That that's what this kid can do. Um What's the big picture for him this year? I mean, yeah, the Chiefs are going to minimize you know the opportunities to see him in pass coverage. I mean, they want him being a downhill player. And so, yeah, you're going to see him in a lot of run fits. You're going to see him in, in opportunities where they can get him to go after the pass or some. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he – I'm not sold that he's going to win that you know starting job and, and starting in quotation marks because the Chiefs spend so much time in sub-packages. But Elijah Lee is probably going to be that, you know, starter really on the strong side. And that's probably for the best because he's better equipped in, in the passing game. But Leo's going to play plenty and he is going to he's going to make some people hurt because this guy is a big hitter. He's explosive. And when he goes downhill, uh, you're not stopping him. So, I mean, that's a force to be reckoned with once he's more established. And once he's got his feet wet in this league and he starts to pick up the pass keys a little bit. Whew, there's some there's some real potential there for an all-around linebacker. 
I'm really interested in that. You know, there, there's there's going to be a future game against the Titans. You know, the Raiders are still planning on running quite a bit, as I understand. There are some games on the schedule I think might suit him a little bit better than Elijah Lee. But I'm glad that you brought him because I was going to go there as well. Elijah maintaining that starter position right now. Again, a base is not something they're going to play a lot, but if he's the next guy out there, how does that stack up to what we've seen over the last few years with Damian before him, Reggie before him? Like, how does that come into focus for Elijah Lee? Yeah, and you know, and Damian Wilson is a, a good player to mention because you know Damian and 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 Leo probably share a little little similarities, especially as far as their career arcs and you know what they came into the league as, and um, you know Damian's ability to you know get better against you know the past you know as his career moved on. I mean, that's certainly what the Chiefs are hoping with him too. I still think Leo's a better downhill player, but you know has certainly a lot more potential as a downhill player, uh, but. The, those two guys between him and Lee, they should be pretty, I think, good duo as far as being able to share that position a little bit. Their their skills kind of complement each other. And if you think about, you know, where you know where the Chiefs were last year in that spot in that same spot, you know, really, I mean, a lot of times we're talking about maybe being Ben Neiman or a linebacker that's in that spot. This year, hey, you're going to see plenty of Brian Cook in you know in three safety looks. I mean, that's still going to be a part of what the Chiefs do. But I think Spags has got an opportunity now that if he wants to keep three linebackers out there more, he can do it a little bit. Um, those two guys, I think, complement each other pretty well. The catch is going to be, and, and that, the thing that just worries me about in the chess game is that the defense might be a little bit predictable and that you, you know what the right. Chiefs are looking for based on what the personnel is going to be. That's exactly my concern as well. So you, you got to get a little variety there. I like what you bring up in Brian Cook. Um, I feel like he's had up and down. I thought I saw him grab a hamstring today. I didn't see him on an injury report, though. Does everything ring solid over there? So far, yeah, no, nothing that was reported to us today. He, he did not leave practice or anything. Okay. One guy who did get banged up is Sky Moore. We're going to talk about the offense on the backside of this and who we need to get a little bit more view on. But I'm betting that Sky Moore is going to be a significant part of this offense. If you want to make that bet, the prop is up at Bet Online, where you can get all the information, all the podcasts, info, lines, games, et cetera, et cetera, for all your betting needs in one place. You can bet every league, not that any other sport matters, but this one, but that's okay. You can do what you want. Bet Online continues to give you all the resources you need to get your money on the line in a way that makes you some money and doesn't risk you your money. All the pods, all the scores at your fingertips at betonline.net. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Sky Moore had a nice couple of days. Pads come on, still looked like he was producing some. Today came up with a bit of a physical issue. What can you tell us? Yeah, it was uh, during one-on-one drills, and uh, it looked like he kind of slipped a little bit, and then Nazi Johnson bumped into him. It looked a lot nastier, or at least, and I want to say nasty because it wasn't a dirty hit from Nazi Johnson by any stretch of the imagination. It just looked like it was a little bit more impactful on 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 the, on more from seventy-five yards away live than it did in the in the close-up. I mean, the close-up video you can kind of see he just got bumped a little bit, but uh, yeah, he left the practice with what the Chiefs were calling a hip injury. He gave up. Hey, he gave the the thumbs up signal on Instagram later on in a reply and everything. So, 
Um, Sky's apparently telling us he's okay. We'll see if he's back out there on the field on Wednesday morning. Didn't seem like it was anything serious at first, you know, so we'll see. But um, I'm with you. I mean, um, Sky's looked pretty good so far in camp. I mean, he's, he's been doing everything at this point the Chiefs have asked him to do. I mean, the tough thing is obviously going to be just how much of the offense can he pick up and how much can he learn? Um, the other part of it is that I think the other three guys ahead of him on the depth chart have also been looking pretty good, playing pretty well. So that's a, a at this point, it's going to be a nice problem for the Chiefs to have to figure out how to distribute the ball around to those guys. Yeah, I hear a lot of folks pushing for Sky Moore to to be in in a starting role, and by starter folks, we mean top three. I just don't see that emerging as good as he's looked and taking over anyone like McColl yet. Do you see that the top three are still the top three? I see the top three is the top three, and and Sky. I mean, he's in a special category because you know he does have a lot of skills. Um, you can see the athleticism, you know, but you and one-on-one matchups are not necessarily the biggest problem with him. It's going to be really when he faces more complex defenses and he's got somebody over the top and everything. And it's going to be it, it, it's just picking up the intricacies of route running and the, the little tricks in this offense. This is a massive offense and there's multiple routes. There's so many things that you've got to figure out. And that's what makes it tough for rookies. So, you know, the challenge for Sky Moore as far as getting opportunities and routes is that you've got to know it all. And, and that's almost impossible to expect for a rookie in this offense to do. So, I mean, hey, I think it'd be great if he saw the same kind of playing time that, that Tyreek Hill saw as a rookie and mm-hmm. the same similar kind of numbers. I mean, I think that's a great season for Sky Moore. And I think that's – I don't want to put a, a reasonable expectation on the kid that that's what he can do. But, you know, I, I'd have no problems that if Sky Moore went out there and did, you know put up almost 600 yards this year. I think that's within his reach physically. It's just that, once again, there's going to be a lot of balls to go around and a lot of guys who are more experienced and know all of the positions. And that's going to be just the, the toughest thing for him as far as battling for playing time. Present yourself to the quarterback, people. That's that's what this is about. Now, he's he, there is a, another guy that is not a rookie that knows the offense, knows where to be, but is having a physical issue. Any update on Jody Fortson? We know that he was in the sleeve, but looked pretty upbeat to me. Yeah, and uh, we got to see him jogging across the field, maybe even a little bit more of a jog across the field. It was a pretty good little pretty little gallop that he did <laughs> uh, from the training tent across the field over to where they were working on the second field uh, on the far side. Um, he seems like he's in pretty good spirits. You know, he's talked to fans as he's been coming down the hill the last couple of days. Um, Chiefs are just being, you know, cautious with it. It's a quad strain, you know, and they're going to be cautious with him coming off the Achilles too. They don't want to push him too hard or too fast. Uh, the expectation from Andy Reid was this was going to be maybe a couple of days. Wouldn't surprise me if they protected him a little bit longer than that. But right now, no. I mean, it, all, all the indications are that this is just a minor setback for him and his his return. And he looked really good before the injury. So I, I think there's reason to be optimistic for, for Fortson this year again. And by really good, you mean that he is technically the tight end too at this point, correct? From a passing standpoint, for sure. I mean, he, I don't think there's any doubt at this point from what we've seen. He is the best, second best receiving tight end on this team. Absolutely. Okay. I think, I think we're all comfortable with that. At least I certainly am. The question is, how's Noah Gray looking? It looks like he got a little bit of uh, more targets last, uh, last practice. I don't know about this morning. Yeah, you know, I, I think Noah's been more consistent this year than he was last year, uh, especially in these two days with the pads. I mean, that was last year. The Chiefs really gave him a lot of reps. I mean, he was seeing time with ones, twos, and threes. 
because they just wanted to give him as many opportunities as possible a year ago. And before the pads came on, he was everywhere making plays. He slowed down a bit once the hitting started. And, you know, and there can be lots of reasons for that. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like at least these, these last couple of days, he's been a bit more consistent in that standpoint. So, hey, let's see what year two, if there's a little bit more of a bounce to him. But yeah, I mean, it's. I still feel like that's a four-player position group. I mean, I think Noah Gray's going to make this team bar in something drastic mm-hmm. as Chiefs are going to carry a lot of tight ends. It, it is a four-tight end group this year. We're leaning it right now, right? Yeah, I, I I would be very surprised if they cut down to three. I mean, they've surprised me before and gone to that, but I think they're pretty happy with the four that they have. So that brings me, if you're going to run four tight ends and you're going to keep 10 linemen, you got to find some space somewhere. Lord knows you need all the DBs that you can get, so... Can they afford Mike Burton plus four running backs is my next question for you right now. That's a great question. I mean, and and I don't think Mike Burton's in any question no. whatsoever. I mean, Mike Burton's 100%. I mean, he's going to make this roster. Um, it's just going to be the running backs. And how many do they keep? Because right now it's a it's a stacked room, they feel like. And it's it's a deep room. Um, I, I, I've gone in the last 24 hours, I, and I'll be doing my first roster projection later this week. But I'm going from, you know, Isaiah Pacheco being maybe like 75% on this roster to probably 99% on this roster. Um, I think he's really going to have to, you know, disappoint this team during the preseason in the last few weeks of camp because they've been happy with everything so far. And and, and if he can return kicks during the preseason, he's going to be the first guy up for Dave Tobe returning kicks. Uh, if he does that reliably he's going to be your kick returner. Um, they definitely see potential for him in the, in the past, in the, in the receiving game too, as far as a running game back goes, really been impressed with him more in the, in that category. Um, but then, you know, yeah, you got Ronald Jones, you got Clyde still, uh, you got Derek McKinnon, Derek Gore's no slouch. Um, I, I say, Hey, once again, teams and fan bases overrate their own running backs. So it's going to be easier to get maybe one or two of those guys on a 16 player practice squad than you think. But yeah, I mean, which ones? I mean, is it going to be Burton and three guys? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to keep four, and and I, I at this point, all indications are this team's keeping six receivers too, right? So barring any change there, I mean, you're you're going to have to go light somewhere. That's that's my concern. So at this point, Dave Tobe is, is Isaiah Pacheco's best friend. I think that will remain that way. Tell me about how Rojo looks compared to Ceh and McKinnon in particular. What are the three vets doing? Yeah, Rojo's been very curious in the usage in this camp because it has been all across the board. I mean, Tuesday, he was basically the the second running back in everything. Um, And that was a day after on Monday when he was basically maybe the third or fourth running back in everything. Uh, And some of that can absolutely certainly be that, you know, running backs, Coach Greg Greg Lewis and EB and Andy Reid are just wanting to get different looks at different players and, and rotate these guys. Maybe he was even battling an injury, you know, something minor that we didn't know about. And they just wanted to give him a light day. You never know. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I think Rojo has been better as a receiver than anybody expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've heard from some that maybe that they think that he just doesn't have maybe the explosiveness that you that people are expected. But I, I think we're going to learn a lot in the preseason about how the Chiefs use these guys and how effective that they are. Um, not that, the, you know, hey, this team's not going to be doing anything other than vanilla, but you're going to be able to see how Rojo looks against another defense and if the speed is there and the power is there. Um, Clyde, I mean, the Chiefs are using Clyde as, as they always do in training camp. 
making you believe that this guy's going to be a 1,600-yard <laughs> back and 800 yards out of the backfield. I mean, he's everywhere. First play of scrimmages. I mean, it's 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 Clyde. So, um, once again, I mean, if you want to be hyped up, you want to get up on the, on the Clyde Edwards-Alaire Express train of hype, there's reason to do it again this year. Okay, I, I can get with that. We're we're gonna see how it comes. I'm not down promising it, Brian. But <laughs> you've been you've been given the evidence to believe it if you want to. Okay, thank you. I I will see. For me, generally, a running back that plays more in the preseason is a guy that's got something to prove. So let's see how they actually divide up the reps. I'm interested to see that, especially week one. Matt, thanks for your eyes and giving us all the, all the insight that we don't glean from not being there. We appreciate it, folks. You can find all of Matt's stuff at chiefsdigest.com that is the source for all of your information thank you matt we appreciate it always a pleasure ryan take care everybody everybody have a good day we'll be back with you tomorrow with more info and more practice